I think number one is people need to realize that gear doesn't matter at all. I've never had a customer ask me what gear I shoot with. Like a mark of a professional would be to turn up on, on a day, no matter what the situation is, whether it's railing or whether it's a hailstorm, you are going to deliver. Hello, beautiful people. I am back with the first episode of Photo Country for 2022. In this episode, I had the distinct pleasure of chatting with Anupam an editorial and fashion photographer from Auckland. Originally from Goa, India, Anupam's images are classic and timeless. He also loves shooting on film with his Hasselblad. So it looks like he has the best of both worlds. So without further ado, let's meet Anupam. Thanks Anupam, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks again. Thanks, Rajiv, for having me. And yeah, you've been following my work and it's a pleasure to be here on this podcast. And once you got in touch, I went back and listened to quite a few of your podcasts and that was really refreshing. Just the diversity of people that you have on your podcast. Yeah, it's a privilege to be on here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having the time to do this. Right. So how did you start off, Anubam? How did you come to New Zealand and how did you end up being a fashion and editorial photographer? So we, I grew up in Goa, like south of India, and we grew up there. And my mom's a jewelry designer, so she's been designing silver jewelry for a really long time. As as long as I can remember, she's been doing that. So when the whole advent of e-commerce started, like 2003, 2003, when internet and buying online things was acceptable, I started taking photos of the things that she would design. And f- so that's how I got into photography, and that was my start. And that led me into shooting for her other friends because she had friends who were in the fashion industry. So that led me to shooting there. And then 2010 is when I moved to New Zealand to do my master's in business. Yeah, started working here. And photography has always been happening since then, if you'd like to say it that way. So yeah, first year at Fashion Week, this was 2011. I assisted for another photographer. So I was just helping him out and being around and shooting for him and stuff like that. And then the following year, I started doing it by myself. So the first couple of years, I just shot Fashion Week, nothing else. And then slowly the work started coming in where I used to shoot for designers and lookbooks and editorial campaigns. And yeah, that's how it started. And then since 2020, I quit my day job, which was a project manager. I quit that and I've been doing photography full time. Must have been really stressful when you actually go full time. Yeah. There's a lot of questions in your head. How did you handle that? Especially when you're self-taught, like I, I am. I, you always have that uh, doubt going on in your head. Am I good enough? And can I pay for all my bills, basically? And what I did was I saved up my expenses for a year. Even if I don't do a single job, I have all my expenses saved up. So I will be able to survive. And thankfully, I haven't had to touch any of that money. So that's still there. From one amateur photographer thinking of going full-time, probably yeah. in the future, what does it take to be a professional commercial photographer? I think number one is... People need to realize that gear doesn't matter at all. I've never had a customer ask me what gear I shoot with. Like a mark of a professional would be to turn up on, on a day, no matter what the situation is, whether it's railing or whether it's a hailstorm, you are going to deliver. You don't want to listen to excuses. And that's what people look when they're hiring a photographer. So you need to be on your A-game all the time. You need to know your camera settings at the back of your head. That doesn't really matter anymore. Like your camera can take a good photo. All you need to do is just be there and get that job. So... I think you need to build up your network, like who is really important. And again, that two degrees of separation that comes in New Zealand, like someone knows someone and they're going to recommend it. And I have clients that have never seen my website or my Instagram. They've just heard from someone that I shoot and that's it. I've shot for them for six months. And then later on, they're like, what's your Instagram? I'm like, we never saw this. 
but yeah, I've been shooting for them for six months. So I think you need to focus on your skills. That's mandatory. And taking a good photo is just the baseline. What else can you deliver matters more. So networking is number one, I would say. And yet just being able to deliver on the day. I've heard many people say photography is just one part of the whole skill set. I don't know if you've seen that meme that goes around all the time, what people think you do and what you actually do. So it's 95% of the times you're not even shooting. It's that 5% of the time that you're shooting, but the rest of it is just building up to the shoot. So you're planning for weeks or months at time, and then you finish it in half a day. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not as glamorous as it looks on the outside. So yeah, if that's your idea of a professional photographer, yeah, you should reconsider it. But why fashion? I think it was that earlier influence where that was what I shot. Where, yeah, I was like 12 or 13 years old shooting on a film camera for my mom's jewelry. So yeah, I think it was that earlier influence that paved the path on what I'm shooting. I've been seeing your work. One thing that really pops out for me is that they look really classic. You know, those yeah. very, it's like those classic portraits and looks and the colors, the way you've actually taken them. Yeah. It's yeah. like timeless kind of imagery, right? I see so many photographers using filters and lights and it puts a timestamp on your image. Like you look at a picture and yeah, that was cool in 2018, but you want your work to stand out there and you want to deliver what the client wants, not the stuff that you're feeling on the day. Because I want to shoot black and white, that doesn't mean I'll deliver to a client just all in black and white. You need to adapt and keep it timeless and classic and bring a little bit of the influence that the designer has in mind. So yeah, right. you're trying to deliver what the designer has created for such a long time. They've taken six to 10 months maybe to design something. So you want to deliver and adapt that and bring your own style to it. And yeah, my work is mainly inspired by Peter Lindbergh. I would say he's, he was one of the biggest influences when photography started. I like Steve McCurry's portraits. There's something about how he captures his eyes in every photo. Those were the two of the biggest idols. Like I grew up reading their books and looking at their pictures. So that, that influences on how I shoot as well. And with lighting, I try and keep it as clean as possible. So when you're going to a client, you're driven by the brief. Sometimes you may not agree with what the client has in mind, right? That's the thing, yeah. And it's your job to educate them. This is not going to work on what you have in mind. I would suggest this. And you come to that point where you're mixing both of them together because their job is to design and your job is to showcase that design to the rest of the world. So I think it needs a really good collaboration. And over a period of time, I think my clients understand where we both are coming from and we have that fine line where we try and bring both ideas together and see what would look good. Yeah, that's how I would. In terms of Asian creatives of other ethnicities in New Zealand, yes. what's your take on it? Are people influenced by that or is it just the talent that matters? For me, it should be about skills. Can the person deliver? Yeah, when people try and use the whole, I'm a person of color, I'm like, that's not an excuse. I'm like, are you good at what you do? That should be the only criteria I'm picking a photographer. It shouldn't be that we need to tick a box where, yeah, we have a person of color on set. That shouldn't be a criteria I'm picking a photographer. That's my stand. Just be good at what you do and, and the work will follow. Yeah. It's an open playing field, man, especially with Instagram and advent of social media. The barriers are gone. There is no gatekeepers anymore. No one can stop you from being a fashion photographer. You could just go out and shoot a kick-ass portfolio. Just get your friends together. There is no gatekeepers. So you're using that as an excuse that my color is keeping me back. That shouldn't be an excuse in 2022. Yeah. Keep, let your skills and your work do the talking. And there is no barriers anymore. If your work is good, it will stand out. How do you enter this field? Today, the art is so democratized, right? Because 
cameras are so cheap and second hand market is there and everybody picks up a DSLR and becomes a photographer. That's right. Yeah. And I'm all for it. If it wasn't for digital, I probably wouldn't be shooting as much as I'm doing now. And which is a good thing. Like I said before, the gatekeepers are gone. So everybody can be a photographer. And like we discussed before, it's the networking and what you bring to the table. That's what's going to sit here. It is probably the best time to be a creative, to be honest. You have this big platform, you have TikTok and you have Instagram. Just be you, just be yourself, put out good content consistently. And that's what's going to get your work. So how does one enter the market? Does someone need to go to a school and study and then get into the industry or... Do you, do you think assisting somebody is a better way I, to get in? If I was to start right now, I would go that assisting route, like just be on set and assist people and learn from them. I get so many messages every week. They want to be an assistant, but they don't really want to assist. They want to build their portfolio. Just be clear on what you want to be. When you're assisting, you're picking up the bags, moving the light. So that's how you learn the business. I would say assisting is probably the best thing to do. I think three years of assisting different photographers would teach you more than what you would learn at a university. Most people might not agree with that statement, but yeah, that's how I would have done it now. Talk about your inspirations. You said Peter Lindbergh and uh, Steve McCurry. What made them your inspirations? I think it was just growing up in the 90s. That's what you saw in the magazines. And that was your first exposure to this is how fashion photography looks. And I think with Peter Lindbergh, it was just the diversity of models. He didn't always shoot the classic beautiful looking models. They all are beautiful. It's just not what the industry had set the standard at that time. And he went out and broke those barriers and shot so many different people. And with Steve McCurry, the minute I say Afghan girl, that picture comes to your mind straight away. I don't even have to explain what it is. And just the way he shot so many different genres and he's done all of them in his own manner. Yeah, those were my two biggest inspirations, I would say. You said you went full time just when the pandemic was hitting. Do you consider that good timing or bad timing? Looking back at it, there is never really a good time to do it. I think... Like I said before, I saved up my expenses and I had built up my network for such a long time here in New Zealand. So it was an easy transition. Only thing I wish I'd done it sooner. So it was one of those. So yeah, there's never really a right time. It's you who has to be ready. If someone's on that fence and listening to this, I would say it's just whenever you're ready. There's no really a good time or a bad time to do it. Just whenever you're ready to take that step. As a freelancer, it's all in your head. You're your own manager and <laughs> looking after yourself as well. And what's your process like? Uh, how do you approach any job? Most often now, the clients tell me what their next collection is going to be, and then we sit down and discuss how they want to portray it. So say a click shoot that I did recently, the collection was Coco and they're an active web brand. So we decided to shoot it on a basketball court, and that was the inspiration. So we both discussed, this takes about a week at least, I'm guessing, mood boards back and forth. We often use Pinterest or, or just email back and forth reference images on what we're trying to create and discuss on what the process is going to be and what time we're going to meet and stuff like that. And I try and have a call sheet ready 48 hours before the shoot. So everybody's on the same page. We know exactly where to meet, what the makeup artist is doing, what the stylist is required to be doing, where the talent is going to meet. Is there enough changing rooms for them to get changed? Where's the closest toilet? Stuff like that. And yeah, on the shoot day, that makes such a big difference where everything is just running according to that call sheet. And then after that, yeah, the whole process of color creating it, selecting the right selects and then delivering it to the client. Do you do your own uh, retouching or you you get professionals? Unless it's a, a beauty shoot and then a client requires it to be a certain standard, then I have retouchers that I always work with and we both sit down and discuss on how much we need to retouch it. I try and keep it as natural as possible. If you've seen my work, there's hardly any editing to it. I try and get it right in camera and not edit on the person's face or anything like that. Yeah. Let's talk about film. You said you gotten back in touch with yeah, film. <laughs> so uh, tell me about that. 
Yeah, in 2020, like I bought myself a Hasselblad 500 CM that I always wanted. And yet I've grown up seeing images that were shot on it, like the images of the Beatles and everything. Yet all the magazines that we saw were always the square format. A friend was moving back to Russia and he decided to sell it to me. And that again kickstarted the whole process of film. I'd shot film 2002, 2003 and hadn't touched it once digital came in. Say about 2005 onwards, I've been shooting digital. So yeah, that fell in the back seat. And then 2020, it all kickstarted again once I picked up the camera that I always wanted. So yeah, that, that kickstarted the whole passion again. So now I try and take it on all my jobs that I'm doing and grab a couple of portraits every single time shooting something. Yeah. But can you do professional work with it? I've done a few lookbooks for the client specifically wanted to go for that whole film look. So we've shot a couple of lookbooks just on film. I was shooting backup just in case something goes wrong, <laughs> just to have that safety net. But yeah, I have shot jobs on, on my blood now. Yeah, so it's interesting. This is a huge community of film enthusiasts. And it is one of the best communities, to be honest. Like photographers in general don't mix along that well, but with film photographers, it's a tight-knit community, especially in Auckland, I would say. Quite a big community in Wellington as well. I have a few friends that I've only known through Instagram now for film. So when I was down there, I made sure I met them all in person. So yeah, there is a big community in New Zealand in general now. So yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to see that it's made a big resurgence. And that's one way to learn photography. It slows you down in such a humbling process. When you get your first roll of film bag, it grants you. <laughs> so what next, Anubam? Where do you see yourself growing? I guess again, yeah, with commercial, like there is just so much work that's going on. And yeah, I've just been focusing on that. Yep, that's what I'd continue doing. And once travel opens up, hopefully all the fashion weeks are back on. So that will have me traveling again. So yeah, just looking forward to that. So last question, what advice will you give to the younger Anupam when you're starting out <laughs> looking back? We touched on this before, networking and just believing in yourself. That's the biggest thing. Taking a good photo is the baseline. Delivering a good photo is the baseline. And then just networking and believing in yourself and growing from there is what I would say for anyone starting out. Yeah. So don't get too caught up on what camera you have and what gear you want next. Just focus more on the storytelling aspect of it and taking a picture rather than just sitting there and being like, I don't have that camera, so I can't shoot like him. Just get started and just focus on the storytelling. Great, great. And where can people come and view your work on them? Just on my website. So it's A-N-N-U-P-A-M. And same thing on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and all of that. So yeah, it's and pm Great talking to you, Anupam. Same. Pleasure was mine, Rajiv. Thanks for having me again. So that was Anupam. Thanks, Anupam, for coming on the show. It was great having a chat with you. You can see his work on his website, anupam.com. It was great to put together another episode of Photo Country for you guys. All my wonderful listeners. Thanks for sticking around and appreciate all your support. Till the next time, stay safe and keep clicking.